Thank you for checking out the Detroit Church Podcast. We're a growing community in the heart of the city, and we exist to awaken Detroit to the greatest adventure of all time. Although the pandemic causes us to adjust our methods, our message stays the same. God, through Jesus, is making all things new. I just want to encourage um, the people of God this morning from his word. Um, we've already been quoting it, <laughs> but I just want to declare it. I would love to read the whole thing, but I'm going to refrain and just read a few verses from Romans chapter 8. And it says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. And who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? So then who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or politics? <laughs> As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God for his word. Yes, God. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mm, mm, mm. You know, you didn't read this part, but right before that part, yeah, yeah, yeah. talks about how there's a groaning. Yeah. There are actually three groanings. So first, creation groans. Like creation knows that something's missing. <laughs> creation knows something isn't right. The way things are not quite the way they're supposed to be. Yeah. It also says that the Spirit of God groans. Hmm. Yeah. There's a, have you ever heard the Spirit of God groan? There's a longing. And then lastly, we groan. We groan. Maybe we didn't recognize, maybe you didn't quite recognize that longing or that, that sense of incompleteness is something that is missing. Yeah, yeah. All it is, is you are amening what the Holy Spirit of God is saying in you. Yeah. As creation also is echoing. That we know, Revelations tells us that the Spirit says, come. Come, Lord Jesus. So we believe that he will come in fullness. He came once. He did what he needed to do in his first advent, his first coming. He promised the Spirit of God that he would be with us until his second advent, his second coming. And until then, we with the Spirit and creation, we long, we groan, and we wait yeah. in expectation 
Not like, man, when is this going to happen? Oh, man. In great expectation. Mm. So, Spirit of God, help us in our weakness. Teach us to pray. Help us. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to sing. We don't quite know how to respond to things. But you do. Yeah. You do. So we honor you. The rest of our time here, we honor you. Lead us. Help us in our weakness. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to thank my baby sister for being here with us today. <laughs> I love her so much. She's amazing. And my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mama. Love you guys. Thank you. You know you're welcome anytime to come, you know, worship with us, whatever. You got a word? Prophesy? Preach? You good? Okay, just check it. <laughs> well, thank you, Panch. Um, Fonz is going to come over here and join us. Amen. Amen. Well, Lindsay kind of set it up. She really did. You did, sis. And uh, I'm wondering, as you have been pondering on that question that she proposed to us, what is God saying to you? What is God showing you? Like, how are you different? Like, would it be okay just to shout it out? Anybody? How are you different? Come on, with the mask on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it, sis. Mm. How are you different? Mm. More valuable. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Fearless. Come on. Come on. Whew. Patient. Ah. Hmm. 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 If you're if you're not here in the present, you want to join this conversation, go ahead and throw it in the chat. How are you different? How are you different? What has God done? Anyone else? Surrendered and free. Woo. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, these are like headlines. I wish these would make the news. Because this is clearly supernatural. This is, this is something that God has done. Amen. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Talk about supernatural, yes. How are you different? More transparent, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Now, did God need a pandemic <laughs> to, to, to help us realize these things and step into these things? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So, there are some ways that we are individually different. There also are some things that as a body, as a local body, we're different. And I want you to know that we are taking this pandemic extremely serious. Extremely. I want you to know that there are precautions that we have taken. There are things that we have done. There are things that we wanted to make sure DEPSA had done uh, to make sure that this was, would be a safe environment for us. I also want you to know that if there are people who are not yet comfortable coming, we understand. And we don't look at you as some second-class Christian necessarily. We love you, we honor you, and we want to make sure that we are preparing virtually so that you can join us online. We understand all that. But I will say this. What we've been more concerned about, even than this virus, was coming back into this building the same way. Coming back together, even at the park, and it being business as usual. Like, we're just, we're glad to be back together again. And, yeah, we are definitely glad to be back together again. But we don't want to waste, like, what God has been doing, what God has been trying to show us and, and what he's been wanting to do in us. And, and for me personally, like, I feel like I've, I've grown in that bit by bit. Like, you know, when this, when it first, I was trying to go back to, like, when it first started. Like, do y'all remember, like, when, like, we first got word, we were in the office, us three recording a video that, <laughs> do we ever air that video? We never even aired it, y'all. That's right, everything changed. So we were trying to, that's right, that's right. I mean, but maybe, though, that's how things are supposed to be. Like, daily. Like, us us responding to him as our daily bread and not being so far ahead with our plan and our agenda. So, like, even here, we don't have, well, we have some thoughts that we want to share, but we don't have, like, this typed-out agenda. We wanted to just come and sit in the soberness of where we are, what God has done, talk about how we're different, hear from some of you. We'll cast a little vision about some things that are coming up on the days ahead, but it's really important that we just kind of sit with how we are different. I want to encourage you. Maybe you, you know, some of us need a little bit more time to process certain things. I want to encourage you to take that time. Journal. Write it down. Maybe you're not a writer. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you're a drawer. Draw it. Maybe you are, you're a singer. Put it to lyrics. Sing it. But let's waste nothing. As a people, let's leverage all that God has given us. Let's, what if we saw this as a resource to get us somewhere? An opportunity for God to move us further along. And that's, you know, that is in a sense, you know, where we where we are right now, what we've been kind of sensing um, as a leadership. So leadership is not just us four. We have, you know, a, a, a 
lot actually of leaders in this in this church that um, walk with God, hear from God, and and leadership is not defined by a title or a role, but it's 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 simply a response to the call of God, and by virtue of our our response to Him, you know. So I've really tried to be intentional about gathering the leaders, coming, sitting together, praying, listening, prophesying, sitting, listening, praying some more, sharing, just sitting. And I think that has been super, super good for us and important for us along the journey here. And I think that, you know, those meetings all kind of speak to why we're here today. <laughs> because to be real with y'all, like, we didn't know if we should meet or not. We didn't know. It's a lot at stake. We were not sure what Depso was going to do. It took Depso a while to figure out what they were going to do and for them to get back with us. And it's been uncomfortable. I thank God that even in the uncomfortableness that he, he comforts and he gives us his anointing. Like something comes up on us and rises within us to enable us to do what he wants us to do. And as God's people, we cannot take that lightly, y'all. That is everything. That's everything. I know it's different for us and how we are used to operating, maybe. But I think it's been so, so important. I don't know. What do you guys think? How would you all answer that corporately as, as, a, as a church community? How also are we different? Or even individually? sense a greater level of desperation for the presence of God, um, a discontentment with um, just doing church, <laughs> um, but a real hunger and willingness to do whatever <laughs> we need to do to experience more of him. Yeah. And honestly, that's the kind of people that I want to be committed to following Jesus with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I would say uh, towards the beginning of everything, um, I kind of heard the Lord saying uh, this was like a mandated Sabbath. <laughs> um, and so providing, he's providing a space you know, quieting things, shutting normal activities down, normal ways of doing things down, um, and giving us an opportunity to choose not to pick those things back up or not to get distracted by something else, but to choose him, right? Um, and if you didn't already know what it meant to seek God, like it was an opportunity to pursue him and to learn what it meant to seek him. It was an opportunity to go deeper um, in understanding his word and deeper in relationship. And then just getting back to the basics, right? Like the great commission is to make disciples. So it's an opportunity to go more intentional in um, discipling relationships. And so for me, it was like... Um, just that space to say, okay, well, well what really matters? <laughs> What's really important? Um, what does God care about? And how is my activity 
and the things that um, I'm doing and pursuing, how does that line up with what's important to him and what's what advancing his kingdom looks like? So, um, and I don't think that was just for me, but it's something that I... I in a church and we can't do all of the sort of typical things we would do. Yeah. I think it forces us then to be creative. I think it forces us to ask what's essential. Uh, and ultimately, I think it forces us to ask, how do we bear fruit? Yeah. Like, like, how is God going to get glory out of my life if, if, I mean, I'm not as good as her, but if, like, if I can't play the keyboard in a room full of people, to sit, you know what I mean? Like, like, what is it I can do? Like, how do we do it? I think artists start to go deep. I think uh, writers start writing, you know what I mean? People who were things in the, on the side that they didn't tell anybody about, like, I secretly have been, you know, writing a book and I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to be held accountable. All of a sudden, you start becoming really aware of some of the things that God has whispered to you that you've never acted on. Because now, you can't hide behind, I couldn't get to it because I was doing all of this stuff in your house, God. You know, I didn't write the book because I went to service. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it forces us to go, okay, how do we bear fruit? Uh, and how do we draw more life from God when we're cut, when we're pruned? Uh, in some cases, cut really hard. Right? Not just we can't have service. In some cases, we, we've lost loved ones. Yeah. We've lost friends. Mm -hmm. Our loved ones have lost their friends. Yeah. Uh, personally, my grandfather lost about five or six close friends that he grew up with wow. during all of this. Wow. So when these things happen, when the knife of God kind of comes our way, how do we bear more fruit? Like, how do we live lives that are more Jesus than us? Uh, and I think that question has really spawned a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about here tonight or today. Yeah, because, you know, Jesus didn't say um, only bear fruit if everything's going perfectly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I think in the Western church, we, um, we have lowered the bar of what it means to be a disciple. And I feel like over the last few months, the Lord has been speaking loud and clear I, I never lowered the bar. <laughs> My bar is still set pretty high. And, and somewhere along the way, the bar just kept getting lower and lower and lower of what it means to actually follow Jesus. And when all those lesser things get stripped away, it's really clear that what Jesus said in his word is still true. <laughs> And the ways of following him don't, don't change because the world is changing. And when we look at um, his followers and the apostles um, beginning the church in the, in the New Testament, it was all persecution and fire in Rome. I mean, the whole city of Rome burned and, and you know, sick plagues and <laughs> all kinds of persecution. Like, So are you saying the new persecution is the pandemic, <laughs> the protests? In the politics, is that what you're saying, Lindsay? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the church, the, the fire that we see in the New Testament that we often long to get back to was birthed in hardship, like extreme hardship. We don't even know extreme hardship yet. We know, like, a troubled year, but we don't even know extreme, extreme yeah. hardship yeah. yet, yeah. you know? Wow. And, and they, were, they were making disciples right and left. You couldn't keep people from coming to Jesus. They tried throwing them in jail, and it didn't even work. <laughs> they mm, shut them up, mm. you know, and the jailers are getting saved. Right, right. So, so tell me this. Anyone, if, what if there's someone who's like, I definitely understand and get that, but 
What was so bad about the way things were? <laughs> Say it again. Everything. Uh, you got to expound upon that. <laughs> um, we live in a, a world and a day where um, money and comfort and power are prioritized in such a way where people can feel like or live like they don't need God, yeah. right? Like we, we bless our food, you know, we ask him to bless our day, um, you know, we, we ask him to bless our agenda, you know, the way we see our life going, our career, and all these things, and we prioritize this picture of success um, that our culture portrays, and there's no spiritual fruit in it, right? Like, blessing is, I got a new job, I got a new home, I got a nice car, you know, all my kids are, you know, in school or whatever, and where is the fruit? Like, where are the transformed and changed lives? Where, how are our lives changed? If we're still struggling with everything everybody else is still struggling with, if we still are in fear and we're, we're anxious and, you know, we, we're not evidencing the power of God, right? Like, like no one's getting healed or, or no one's peace is increasing or no one's joy is increasing because they're around me or atmospheres are not shifting, you know, where people can, can be, um, in, unjust, unjust and, and people can lie and be deceptive and all of those things. And they're still comfortable. Like those spirits don't get stirred up when I'm in the room. Like, what are we doing? Right. Like what's different? Like we there should be a marked difference between the holy and the profane. Right. When the power of God shows up, everything changes. So if the spirit of the age is comfortable around us and I, I get to preach this next week and we're not getting any hate, then, then there's something wrong. Right. Where, what's our witness? What does it look like? And um yeah, so everything needs to change because Americans, we've gotten way too comfortable in our apathy and our lackadaisicalness as long as everything is going according to our plan. And it's like it's time for that plan to be ripped up, you know? Vine talk. <laughs> Vine talk. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so I'm thinking about life groups and... The one, that is the one thing I miss, is, is you busting out into spontaneous. Random. Hey, man. You never know. So, so we relaunched Life Groups uh, a couple weeks ago, and there's some new information about Life Groups. And be, you know, before we wanted to just say, hey, sign up for a Life Group, there are also some very different things that we want to we wanted to pray into what life groups would present or produce and um and we want to kind of share some of those things so um we've had a, a few different transitions with our staff over the last three four months and um and lindsay's really just kind of taking the helm and lead providing some leadership to life groups so can you just share i want to sign up for a life group what is life group and if i've been a part of a life group what's different about them Sure. So, you know, going back to the scriptures, when we look at the life of Jesus, we see Jesus gathering people in different sizes of groups. So he had 
a larger crowd that followed him, of, of people that were dedicated, that supported his ministry, that sat at his feet and listened to his teachings and invited him in their home. And, um, but then he had his 12, right? He had his 12 guys um, that we, we know all their names, um, and we see him having a lot of meals together. They're walking down the road together. They're ministering together. They're taking care of each other. Um, and there was a real sense of commitment and family in that group of 12. And, um, and then we also see Jesus pulling aside the three. And so as we've just been really questioning, what does it mean for us to be disciples and also make disciples? And um, we keep going back to the life of Jesus. And, and we keep going back to, we can't, we can't just have the crowd, the, the 120 or the 70 or whatever. We can't just have the crowd like, we need, we desperately need these regular committed spaces, um, groups of, you know, 10 to 20 believers um, that are committed to walking out daily life together. And that's where we get the, the word life group. Um, and, and right now we have about five of them um, that meet in different areas around the city. And um, there's a commitment to, um, to do what we see Jesus doing with his disciples. Um, sh- breaking bread together, sharing that space, um, even though sharing meals right now looks a little different um, than maybe it did six months ago, there's still that commitment to, to being together um, in someone's home or backyard or around a bonfire. It's looked different. Um, we, we had a couple backyard bonfires this last week, but um, there's a commitment to taking care of each other. Uh, to looking out for each other's needs, both physical needs and spiritual needs, to, to, to do what family does. So we're celebrating each other's victories um, and, and mourning each other's losses, both in the natural realm and the spiritual realm. So you had a baby, we're celebrating that. Like you lost your mom, we're mourning that. But also, you know, spiritually on our journey, like, yeah, you have had more victory over anxiety in the last six months that we've known you, you know, than you did. Like, we're going to celebrate that. Or like, man, you're really going through it. And this thing is kicking you in the butt. Like, like let's, um, let's come around you and support you in this time. Um, so it's a real shouldering of each other's. He says to, he says to bear each other's burdens. And that's the space that, that life groups provide. And, um, throughout the quarantine, we continue to meet over zoom. Um, but, uh, we do feel feel the burden to to open up some spaces in homes again, and we're doing that uh, mindful of what's happening in our state and mindful of people's health. And um, so if you've been a part of a life group, you've probably gotten a message from your life group leader um, of how we're going to make sure that um, the homes that we meet in are clean and sanitized and um, that everyone will be wearing masks in the home and um, we're asking you to let the life, your life group leader know ahead of time that you're coming so they can make sure we have uh, enough space in the home and not too many people. And, um, and as the need, as the demand grows, we're just really trusting God and praying that he's going to raise up um, more people who are willing to host a life group in their home. because Some of y'all. Some of y'all. Yeah. That means you in this room. <laughs> um, not random people out there. <laughs> you. You. Yeah, for sure. So uh, also, sorry, let uh-huh. me keep going. Uh-huh. So uh, the, the other thing that life groups do is it, it creates us a, a smaller, safer space for us to practice our gifts. Mm. So the good gifts that the, that the father gives us, um, 
you know, because we have constraints on time on a Sunday morning gathering, we don't always get to see what's inside all of you. Um, But in an hour or two together with only 10 people in the room on a Thursday night or a Monday night, like there's, there's a, there's a bigger space um, for you to get to, to exercise what God has put into you. And it's a safe space, right? Like it's a space where you can kind of fumble your way through and people are going to love you through it and encourage you. And um, it's a necessary space because the church wasn't meant for only a handful of folks to be walking in what God put inside of them once a week on a Sunday, you know? And so we need this safe space that's carved out for all of us to learn how to develop and mature in what God's put inside of us. So to get plugged into one of the five life groups we have right now, you can go to our website, DetroitChurch.com forward slash life groups. We also have uh, a few different uh, designs or papers around the building here, around the room here with QR codes. You can scan that and it'll take you to a form. You can also get signed up for a life group there. So I know that one of the different things about our relaunch here is that life groups are going bi-weekly. Yes. Can you talk about that and why? Yeah, for sure. So as we've been thinking about the whole discipleship picture, right, and, and what, you know, what was, what's working and what's not working, what's missing, um, we really have been experiencing this conviction for a while um, that we've been missing that part of Jesus' life where he pulls the three guys aside. And we see this several times in the New Testament where he pulls aside these three certain guys that he was closer to than the rest. And he goes in deep. And they see things and they hear things from Jesus that the others didn't get to see and hear. And um, we've had this conviction for a while. But like Sharita said, sometimes it takes the Lord like putting us on our, putting us, putting us in our seat um, for us to get to a place of obedience. Okay, thank you, Lord, for your patience. Um, but we have, a, we have a real sense and, and a commitment to wanting to make space for what we're calling D-groups, short for discipleship groups. Um, so this is a group of three to four believers who are going on a journey together. And it's um, higher accountability, a higher transparency. You can share things with two or three other people that maybe you're not comfortable sharing with 10 or 12 in the room. Um, this is men meeting with men and women meeting with women. Um, and Fonz, would you hand me that book under the chair? And just to kind of get us started here on our journey, and I'll have um, Sunny and Sharita share more about this in a minute because they've already been at this for a couple months now. But um, we're using this guide. It's called Discipleship Essentials, and it kind of takes you through all the basics um, of what it means to follow Jesus. And before you start thinking, well, I've been following Jesus since I was five years old, like, <laughs> actually, Sonny, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So you take it from me. So let me just say this. Um, I'll back up just a little bit. We have been talking about this for me and Fon's been dreaming about D groups, and we've talked to a few of you about it. And um, and as I find that it's often the case, <laughs> it takes a woman <laughs> just to do it. Amen. I got a clap out there from a brother. Amen. And uh, and my wife just simply responded to a need. Um, so. Babe, can you just share um, how's it been going and what maybe what that need was, how, it's, how it got started? Sure. Um, so, again, as I mentioned, you know, earlier, as things began to, to quiet <laughs> and shut down, uh, one of the things the Lord 
really spoke to me is about intentionality in terms of discipleship. And so um, one of our sisters reached out to me and was like, I really want to grow um, in understanding the scriptures and understanding the Bible. Um, and do, do you have any resources or can you help me? And so that kind of sparked something like, I, well, I know of a few others who probably, you know, who I've had conversations with and would be interested in the same thing. So I talked to Sonny about it. Um, and then I, I got with this group of women and um, we, we started using that resource um, and we began to meet every week. Um, and we were meeting via Zoom uh, because of COVID, <laughs> but we were meeting via Zoom and we would spend about an hour and a half to two hours every week um, going through this, the scriptures, learning what it means to grow in Christ, learning the essentials of our faith, what does it look like to um, exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit, all those things um, that we kind of take for granted. And when we don't have any accountability, you know, we can think we're doing okay in our walk with the Lord or, or that we're understanding things as they are in the scriptures. But when you have that support and accountability and you can ask questions and you can go a little deeper, you experience a different level of growth. And so, you know, these women, um, we've, of course, of course, grown very close over this time. But I've had them say to me, you know, I'm talking to people more about Christ. And I, I don't have the same level of anxiousness that I had. I'm more confident in who I am in him and, and talking about it and sharing and helping other people in their walk. And I told them at the end of this, it's not just so we can have this good time and it go on and on and on, but then you're supposed to take this and then do it with someone else. So you get three people and you get them together and then you walk alongside them. So, so, so yeah. So good. So you, you've been doing that for four months Since now? March. Since March. Wow. So... Weekly, they've been doing that. Um, I would say maybe about three months ago, I started getting a little jealous. <laughs> and I'd hear y'all in there laughing on the Zoom, sometimes just sharing, and it, sometimes it, it got deep. And, um, and I wanted some of that as well. And I had, I, I'd had a group I'd been praying about already. Um, and uh, I just felt like now was the time. So we started these groups almost as pilots, I guess, um, for the entire ministry before we would roll it out. And um, so... I actually want to have one of my brothers come up and just share in the few months we've been doing this, um, how it's impacted him. So Keith Paul Jason, KPJ, come on up, brother. My guy, I've been knowing Keith a long, I won't tell, I won't tell how long, but it's been a long, long, long time, man. And I love this brother, his, uh, his, his sense of humor, his uh, intellect, but most importantly, his, his heart for God and family. So, Keith, brother, um, yeah, man, what, what has it been like for you since we've started this discipleship group? I think that, oh, I think this is the first time I've been able to stand up here on the mic and actually say good morning <laughs> and have it actually be morning here at Detroit Church. I've hosted a lot of services in this building, and usually the habit makes you say good morning, but now it's actually morning. That's neither here nor there. Uh, how many have you of you all have gone through this COVID thing and looked at yourself one day and said, I've gained a few pounds. <laughs> like, where did this come from? You know, if, if you're not careful, life will play at a rhythm that kind of puts you to sleep. 
And you don't notice what's going on when you're asleep. And so the opportunity to join the discipleship group has really been an opportunity for me to have a mirror put before my face, to look at what I see, and to realize that I'm out of sync in terms of my relationship with God, not doing the things that I know I need to do, being comfortable with not doing the things that I know I need to do, and just continuing on out of touch with my brothers who are here in the church. It's one thing to come to a building and sit in a place with people. It's another thing to be in fellowship with someone. And this experience has helped me to realize how much I've been out of touch. And then it's also helped me realize how much I've just been out of gas. And what I mean by that is the desire to want, to go get, to dig deeper. And to have that fuel to say, God, I want you more. Yeah. And so this experience helped me realize that I was out of those three things. But it's helping me get back in the game. And that's been the biggest thing for me. Um, even just like Fonz talked about, I think it was last week, when they were outside and at home, the video froze on Jake for like 10 minutes, looking like a model. <laughs> but um, really, he was like in this model pose, looking GQ. It was kind of funny. Um, but I'm saying, you know, you talked about having a regularly scheduled time where you meet with God and just getting back to having that time where you meet in the morning and say, okay, Lord, here I am. And just going through the book and having the book almost as like an extra member of the discipleship group because it helps keep you on track and it helps keep you on point. Um, and so I've just been grateful for that experience. Um, and if I can take one more thing just to say about the book, when you're praying, ask God to help you quiet your mind. Because there are so many things that pop up when you're trying to pray and keep you distracted. And that's one of my biggest takeaways from the book. So that's been, it's been a great experience for me. I'm looking forward to getting together with the fellas tomorrow night. And we'll keep this thing going. So I would encourage other people, if this is something that you're interested in, don't wonder, is this God telling me I need to do this? Just jump. Just jump. Come on. <laughs> That's good, Keith. Thank you, bro. Yeah, man. Thank you. I think, you know, we talk a lot about how all of us need to be making disciples, and I think a lot of us don't even know how to do that. And this is a simple model for us to learn how to be a disciple and how to make a disciple at the same time. And um, we never stop being a disciple. <laughs> um, but... But we also can't make a disciple unless we're learning how to be one, you know? And this is, this is, this is the best we've got right now <laughs> in terms of equipping you all to do that. Because we're looking around at a world that needs Jesus. And how are we going to meet any of these people that are so desperate for something more than what the world is offering them right now? And, and I personally, you know... Personally, don't believe that you just pray a prayer and, and get some fire insurance and you're good. That's not what, that's not actually the call that Jesus gave to his disciples. His, his talk was like, lay down your life, pick up your cross. <laughs> he who tries to save his life is going to lose it. Um, 
And it's, it's, uh, we've, tried to, we've tried to make it easy for people to follow Jesus, and he didn't make it easy. He said that it's not easy, but it's worth it. Amen. And that's what we're inviting people to. And so the invitation is really like, do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? And do you want to make disciples? Um, and let's, let's learn how to do this better together. And, and we're committed as um, quote-unquote ministry leaders who <laughs> should know how to do this. We're acknowledging, like, we need to learn how to do this, too. Amen. Like, I'm, I'm, I need to be discipled and learn how to make disciples, too. And so we're all praying through. Sunny and Street have already started. Fonz and I are both in the middle of forming groups ourselves. And, and, um, and I, I think the other thing I want to communicate is there is a sense of urgency, but it's not a rush. So if you come and find me today and say, hey, I really want to be in a D group, there is a sense of urgency in that, yeah, you need to be discipled and you need to make disciples and we're going to figure this out. But also, I'm not just going to slap your name with somebody else's name on the list and call it good. Like, this is a prayerful, intentional process. I'm going to expect you to pray and ask God, who should I be walking with right now? Maybe there's someone in my life who's more mature than me. Maybe there's someone who's just started following Jesus or is, is honestly doesn't even even sure if they're a Christian yet, but they want to seek. They want to learn, you know? Um, so this is a prayerful, intentional process. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, Jesus didn't make his disciples overnight. He walked with them for three whole years, you know? Um, so there, there is, we're communicating a sense of urgency, but I, but I don't want us to get in this, like, rush mindset it's not a program that we're starting <laughs> please no <laughs> this is a lifestyle that we're choosing to engage in yeah basically when you hear jesus say when he walks by and he says to you follow me just do it don't think about it don't come up with all the reasons why you don't have time and what's my schedule and oh i need to go do this and do that like just follow him so how do I sign up? Um, so you can come find me directly. You can talk to your life group leader if you're in a life group. Or there are, are um, some of these QR codes scattered around the room that you can scan. And um, it'll send me a quick email, and I'll, and I'll be in touch with you soon. Awesome. Awesome. Y'all excited about that? It's going down. It's going down. All right, so we're almost done with our, our time here. There are a few more really important things that I do want to share with you. And uh, one of them I, have, I do have some mixed feelings about, but ultimately it's a, great, it's a good thing. I want to honor um, a person who is making a transition, who has made a transition. Um, so for the last year and a half, uh, our brother Don Brady has led our Detroit Kids ministry. Shout out to the kids. Yep, yep. And, uh, and Don, man, if you have not yet met Don, like, and hung out with Don. Like, what I miss most, I think, is just Don's sense of humor in our meetings, in our staff meetings. Like, man, um, Don, can you stand up? Matter of fact, come on up here, brother. Come on up here, man. <laughs> and, like, Don is a sensitive dude. And that, that, may, that may not sound like a compliment to some, but it is a compliment to me. Like, he... He, he's, he's sensitive, um, and his sense of humor is, like, apt, like, for the moment. And I know your passion for young people, brother, and for God. 
And so, so Don has accepted a position at a Hebrew school as the full-time phys ed instructor, right? And athletic director, my bad. AD. AD. And uh, so he's on the come up, no doubt. And uh, it really was just a matter of capacity for this season for him to continue in the role at Detroit Church. So we just want to honor you, man. Uh, we love you. Um, you, aren't, you aren't your role at Detroit Church, so you're part of the family no matter what you're doing. So we do have a little gift that Kathy's bringing up for you just to say that we love you, we honor you, and uh, we thank God for the grace on your life. Actually, we want to pray for you. Is that okay? Yes. Is that okay, y'all? Yes. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put my brother on the spot. Um, Martin, can you come on up, brother? And um, can you just lead us in a, a word of prayer? As he's coming, I will share this. Um, we are moving forward in a, in a full search for a new kids director. However, we do have an interim director. And I'm so excited to announce it. She's not here today. She's traveling. Uh, she should be on the road right about now. No, a little later, coming back from Georgia. But our sister, Elytra. Some of you know Elytra. She has uh, served with uh, Tanisha in First Impressions. She's going to spend a little time helping us out as the interim kids director. So stay tuned for more of that. She may be calling some of y'all because we will need help. Um, but, Don, we love you, man. Let's, let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Detroit Church Podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, like, and rate. And if you're not already, you can follow us on social media by searching for Detroit Church.